trying to tweet out some Tyler Huntley stats here because Tyler Huntley had a spectacular night for the University of Utah. If you're just tuning in, if you didn't see this, Utah getting the win over Washington State 38-13 to in blowout fashion. Controlling the ball on the ground, controlling the ball through the air, multiple long clock-expiring drives, really physical trench, and a fantastic win. And the best in the business here with me to break it all down on this late night here in Salt Lake City, Frank Dolce. How are you, Frank? Well, you, I'm fantastic. You said best in the business, and I started looking around for Marv Albert. Or Chris Collinsworth or Tony Romo. You're second only to those three. (laughs) How about those guys? So what'd you think, Frank? Well, let's talk some Utah football. And they just did. The Utes just did exactly what they needed to do. It wasn't mistake free. It wasn't perfect, but that was pretty darn close against a team that is so explosive in Washington State and holding those guys down. 13 points, scoring 38 on on their offensive side. It was just kind of that dominant effort that we thought this Utah team was capable of. Mm -hmm. And then the big question mark after the loss to USC. Well, they certainly turned it around tonight. And and by the way, I've been I've been pretty critical at times of Tyler Huntley. What can you say about his performance tonight? He was fantastic. Tyler Huntley was spectacular. 21 of 30 for 334 yards through the air, two touchdowns through the air. Six carries for 31 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He accounted for four touchdowns on the night through the air and on the ground. Outside of that, threw another touchdown to Devontae Henry Cole and had a really nice throw to Samson Nakua for a 52-yard touchdown. So he was hitting deep. He was hitting underneath. He was running when he was supposed to run. He was scrambling and looking up. For the very first time, I think in a long time, I watched him leave the pocket through the middle, and instead of trying to go get his 8 to 12, Mm -hmm. he brings his head back up, and he fires it downfield, and he finds Solomon Innes for, I think it was like a 30-some-odd-yard gain. 28 or 30 yards something gain. It was awesome to see him do that. And it was awesome to see him running the options and finding the edge and making the right reads. And and just, I felt like Tyler Huntley was on tonight. So it's funny, Frank, because I think of Tyler Huntley in certain games as being spectacular. USC, was it last year? Or two years ago? Last year. Last Last year, year. USC. This game, for me, is up there with that for Tyler Huntley. Absolutely. The efficiency that he played with, the the confidence that he exhibited, the escapability that he showed, his ability to run and pass and lead the football team, maybe – I'm trying to think back outside of that USC game. Maybe this is maybe this puts this this one goes on top as his most complete effort thus far as a as a quarterback of the University of Utah. And the truth of the matter is, if Utah wants to get to where they where they think they should be, 
Tyler Huntley is going to have to play like that each and every week. He, is he so? I know that there 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 is some conflict. Obviously, Tyler Huntley has been very very good. I want mm-hmm. people to understand that he's been very very good, and he has been consistent and he's been accurate. But up to this point, when you've had Zach Moss, I've never looked at it and said, "All right, Tyler, go win a game." Tyler, you've got to go win this game. And tonight, you looked at Tyler Huntley and said, hey, Tyler, go win this game. And he put it on his shoulders, and he went and won this game. I, I don't. How much respect do you have for the Washington State defense? How, in the, in the grand scheme of what they're going to play in the Pac-12, where is the – I'm just trying to get an understanding because this was elite level dominance at the quarterback position mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. Elite. He was sustaining drives. He was breaking big pockets. He was breaking tackles. Mm-hmm. Did you see the play where the pocket collapsed on him on a fourth and one? Right. And, and he I think it was supposed to be a drop-off to maybe Keithy mm-hmm. or to Fotheringham, and he finds a way to flick it out to Devontae Henry Cole, was it? Or Brumfield? Brumfield. Brumfield? Yeah. And they get the first like and they get the first down. That was unbelievable desire, effort, control, and everything that you needed from a quarterback. Talk about just the extra that he's giving you. That from what you know of him in the in the first four games and what you know of him tonight and what you know of Tyler, didn't it feel like this game was just a step, a notch above things that we've seen outside of maybe that USC game? Absolutely. No question about it. And, and you, you know, looking back at that USC game, you think, well, Utah should have figured out how to win that game. But it was, it was difficult. I mean, it was the first game Utah really faced any adversity and, and kind of got knocked around a little bit. And they, they needed a game like that in the non-conference schedule. They just didn't have it. And so they, they weren't able to figure it out against USC. Well, that, I think that effort against SC really taught this team a lot. And I'm going to, you know, and we were down on lots of things in that USC game. One of the things we were down on was play calling, especially in the red zone, and not being able to put points on the board and put, put a team away. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, but this was a big step forward for Tyler Huntley. And I think, as you look back, Andy Ludwig and his and how he's taking care of the quarterback position, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't that have something to do with this would, and would the you, way that he managed the football game? Yeah, talk to me about that. That this is a this is a fascinating conversation. Would you like to play for Andy Ludwig as a quarterback? The way I think the way that he manages the way that he prepares and the way that he manages a game and, and certainly the adjustments that were made and his demeanor, I don't I, I don't know how you could say you wouldn't want to play quarterback for that. Now you're not in an Andy Ludwig offense, you're not it's not the air raid. I mean you're not gonna necessarily throw the ball for five hundred yards a game or or thing but but he's he's gonna figure out a way to utilize all of the assets on the field. And by the way, just talking about utilizing all of the assets on the field. 
I'm just counting here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players for the University of Utah show up in the rushing stats. I mean, when do you ever hear that? Yeah. Zach Moss is out, and now you have to pick up the slack. You have to figure out where are we going to get our rushing attack. They use nine different players for 192 yards, almost five yards a carry. You might hear of nine receivers touching a ball, but... but Never nine, nine rushers. Uh, why don't you, if you've got the stats, why don't you roll through some of the rushers and, and roll through some of their numbers? Devontae Henry Cole's leading rusher, 15 carries, 79 yards, 5.3 yard average. This is what I really like. Tyler Huntley, six carries. Perfect. That's perfect. 31 yards, 5.2 yard average. Devin Brumfield, six carries, 24 yards, four point average. Jason Shelley, three carries for 21 yards. He averaged seven yards a carry. Jordan Wilmore, seven carries, 16 yards, some punishing carries, 2.3 yards per carry. Derek Vickers, one only one carry, seven yards, and the touchdown. Yeah. On that, that big sweep. That was that was really fun to watch. Jalen Dixon, one carry for five yards. Uh, Keithy, one carry for five yards. And Damari Simpkins, one carry for four yards. 192 yards on 41 carries. Three touchdowns out of the rushing game. And 4.7 yards per carry. Excellent night on the ground that that really supplemented what Andy Ludwig was trying to do with Tyler Huntley. Absolutely. Build Build the running game up. Use all those guys and allow Tyler Huntley to, to be successful. Now, by the way, Tyler Huntley didn't work out of a clean pocket all the time. I mean, he exhibited, like you said earlier, great escapability and the ability to make a play downfield throwing the ball yeah. after escaping the pocket. That's something, uh, that's that step forward, the evolution of the quarterback that maybe we, we haven't seen yet or haven't seen as significantly out of Tyler Huntley. And back to your original question, I'm really curious about this Washington State defense. I, I have a, I have a f- sincere feeling that they're just going to have to outscore people, because that defense, there were missed tackles. It looked like maybe guys were out of out of position to make a play. They got pushed around a little bit at the offensive line. I just think that Washington D- State defense isn't quite up to par. I think it was a combination of two things. I think Utah picked up their game mm-hmm. and played a much better game, and I don't think Washington State's as physical at the attack as USC was. But I absolutely give Utah credit for coming out with a great game plan, sticking to the game plan, being physical, and pushing Washington State around. Uh, but, again, I think that Tyler Huntley figured out some things tonight and was beautiful. You're right. There, there were some more soft pockets and some more soft areas, and there were more open passes and those types of things that you weren't used to against USC. But I think a lot of that came down to scheme. A lot of it came down to receiver movement. A lot of it came down to Huntley's accuracy, and it was just a great win tonight. 526 total yards for the University of Utah in their offense. As Frank mentioned, 192 on the ground, 334 through the air. Frank, you talked about this too. A very clean game for the University of Utah. Zero turnovers to the two interceptions that were thrown by Washington State. 
And then we went from, was it 16 flags against USC? Mm-hmm, 16. 16 flags against. We went from 16 to 9 for 87 yards, which is it's better. It can, it can be even better, but it, w- it was a, an improvement. And they possessed the ball for 10 minutes more than Washington State in this game. Exactly what they needed to do. Limit Washington State's offensive opportunities. Here's another key statistic. Third down efficiency. Washington State is only 3 of 12 on the night. Utah is 6 of 12. When you get to 50% on your third down efficiency, that's fantastic. Utah was also 2 of 3 on fourth down on the night, keeping the ability to keep drives alive on the offensive side and the ability to get out of a drive on the defensive side for Utah. Two key statistics tonight. If you're just tuning in, Utah getting the win, 38-13 over Washington State. They're breaking the streak. Washington State had four consecutive wins over Kyle Whittingham and this Utah team. They get over the hump. And they find a great win, 38-13, to over an opponent that's so unpredictable, that's difficult to plan for defensively, and things looked a lot better offensively. But, Frank, we need to flip over and talk about the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Because defensively, I sent this tweet out, from Jalen Johnson to Burgess to a new guy on the field at R.J. Huber to – it goes right down the line, Nick Nurse – we saw plays across the board from these corners and safeties that we just didn't see last week against USC. Talk about this defensive backfield and how you felt like did 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 you see scheme changes from this defense or did the backfield just play better? Well, probably a combination of both. I mean, I thought poor Julian Julian Blackman was wow. He he just got abused against USC. I mean, found himself maybe in the right position a couple times, but couldn't make a play on the ball. Mm-hmm. Found himself out of position a few times, and and USC that game was not what Julian Blackman wants to show NFL scouts. But one week later, now and and by the way, I'm not sure the scheme really fit what Utah needed to do against USC one week later this re well I'm going to say revamped but a, a, a new philosophy on the defensive side about how to manage a woke defense <laughs> how to manage the air yeah. raid yeah right you have to keep those guys in front of you talk about the uh, the down lineman the rush uh, and and the drops love it. What were they were they changing things? What did you well, see? Well, you you know Utah's usually a four man front, and they're going to try and pressure quarterback with four people, and and then they're going to bring some pressure sometimes elsewhere, and they're going to go a lot of man to man, and they're very confident in that that scheme, and it's worked out really well for those guys. It used to be a four a true four three three linebackers. They haven't done that in a couple years as consistently, so it's like four two with an extra defensive back in there and. And, and then your other four, four defensive backs. And they ran that tonight. But what they were doing is, in addition to times when they would rush four, down and distance, situational stuff, all of a sudden, four down linemen line up, three rush, 
get an extra guy dropping into the pass lanes. That's exactly that's exactly why Bernard ends up with an interception. How many times were there tip balls, but not at the line of scrimmage? Tip balls five, six, seven yards downfield, getting into passing lanes. Five or six of them. Yeah, yeah. So those guys dropping into passing lanes and still get what I think is one of the best offensive lines in the Pac-12, still with the ability to get pressure with a three-man rush and and force Gordon to get out of the pocket and have to move around and throw the ball on the run. So, and then and then you know, keeping keeping everything in front. Mm-hmm. Julian Blackman made a, a, several good plays tonight. He did. The one in the end zone knocked it down just under right under the goalpost. I mean, so so two things. One is Utah in the defensive secondary got burned against USC and and then you have to watch that film on a Monday and that's not that's not fun to do and so there's probably a renewed focus as oh, you go into yeah. <laughs> as you oh. go into practice and preparation because now all of a sudden you understand the speed of the game that changed it it changed o- overnight and then the scheme Morgan Scally went back to work and the scheme that he and his defensive staff put together really benefited that Utah defense. 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone line with us. 855-340-9663. An opportunity for you to have your voice heard. Talk to Frank Dolce. You got a question? Well, Dr. Frank's here for you. Dr. Frank, he's got a chair ready for you. Sit down, throw a couple questions out at him. He'll see if he can help you. Uh, last thing before we jump out to the phone calls. Can we talk about Utah's wide receivers making the night much easier for Tyler Huntley? How about that? Yeah, not, I not, was really impressed with that. Not not only did those guys get separation, good scheme, they got separation, and then I would love to see the yards after catch or the yards after contact yeah. for those guys because there were several including Dixon, caught balls in tight spaces, immediately took a hit, able to shake it off and pick up those extra yards. And some of the guys that we talked about, including Brian Thompson, who guys guys that who were supposed to be your go to big time get downfield receivers, well those guys showed up. Those guys finally showed up tonight. And and that combination of Tyler Huntley escaping pressure, keeping his eyes downfield, and his receivers continuing to work throughout a play and then making a play on the ball. It was it was like that, you know, all of those things that we kind of hoped for this Utah offense finally coming together. It was so nice from receivers to running backs that filled in for Zach Moss, to some of the new faces and names that we saw, like R.J. Hubert, where you get more of a taste and more of a feel, you know, uh, some substance there from that safety, from Julian Blackman, who made improvements, an offensive line that made improvements. There were still some leaks. Mm -hmm. They still got some improvements to make. Brian and I were watching this game, and we just kept shaking our head at the first of this, thinking, oh, man. There's some things they've got to sure up there, but things got better as it went along. To you know, 
it felt like everybody made some type of contribution, whether it was the backup quarterback coming in in a zone option in Jason Shelley that gets an important first down, to Tyler Huntley giving the extra effort in a fourth and one situation, to Julian Blackman's big stop on the three on fourth down. He read the flats, made a perfect tackle, shirted it up. How great was that? You know, Washington State scores there, and oh. mo- momentum starts to tumble, and and you could have a different outcome. Blackman made a huge play on fourth. How many how many safeties in well in college football come up and make that play one on one on Borgie, who was very good. Um, who was very good. I don't, I don't know how many. I mean, that's a that's a terrific play. And that's a really good player that's got the ball in his hand. Absolutely. Right so that was. That that tackle right there well, maybe you, you, sealed well, the victory for Utah, but it was significant uh, in the game. Understanding the design of the play, it is to get Borgie one-on-one Absolutely. with that safety on the angle and just say, all right, one-on-one, <laughs> you could go inside or outside. He's got room either way. And Blackman wrapped up the leg and just perfect tackle. All right, let's jump out to these phone lines, get things started. 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone line with us. Spencer, you're up first with Dr. Frank. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, hey, great game. Uh, youth came out and, and handed it to, to Wazoo. I just have a, a question for uh, a hand. Yep. Hey, all all of your listeners and fans out there, we want to get to the bottom of something with you. All right. Do you did you or did you not get herpes from a guy in Boise? <laughs> what? No, we're Wait not. Wait a second. No, we're not. Wait doing a second, Spencer. Don't sabotage the post game show like that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Get that. Who's screening no, these calls? I know what he's doing. This happened last year. I did, but for, wait, it, it was wrestling. But what it was, was in it? wrestling. But what, what, no, what? don't you start feeding into this garbage, Frank. But what? No, I, we've got a great night in front of us at post game. Don't. It was in wrestling, and a lot of people do that. A lot. It happens to a lot of people. You're good friends with Rich Eggett, owner yes, of Rockwell. Absolutely. And what did he say? He had pustules all over his body for he, he six said he months got, out of a year. He said he got cauliflower ear. That's what he said. <laughs> no, he had a lot more than that. Stop, Spencer. Spencer. Hey, gosh, that's no, gosh darn I it, Spencer! Attacked. You should feel attacked. You got attacked. Hey, Brian, let's let's screen those guys. And, and by the way, I think it's it. I don't see any side effects. It looks like it's all cleared. Did up. he so say good, anything about the game? Good, good. No, he didn't say one thing about the game. Spencer, you don't call and wait on the line for thirty minutes to for a personal attack. Wait. Maybe we're looking at the wrong way. Maybe he was like genuinely concerned. No, he wasn't you don't genuinely think he concerned. Was? No. Hmm. We genuinely need to get back into this game because it was spectacular. Utah getting a win 38 to 13 over Washington State. 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone line with us. That's 855-340-9663. Brian, who's our next caller here? All right, Jim, you're up next with Frank Dolce. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, Frankie. What's Jimmy. good, What's good? <laughs> hey, man, I just wanted to talk about the youth red zone inefficiency and how how did uh, Frank get 
dished upon bringing uh, shakes on every youth youth uh, Thursday shakedown. I thought you and Scotty were supposed to rotate. You cheap. <laughs> Thanks for curbing the language. Thanks, Jim. Wait, what? What is this? Thanks, Jim. What is this? Well, I don't know. It was an amazing game. Let's break down the game. Absolutely. Pac-12 shakedown. No, like I, we finally have a big old T-bone steak of a game that I just want to sink my teeth into. Just, I mean, get into this medium rare ribeye. And people are like, oh, sh- yeah, you, sh- you're just a cheap guy. How come Frank got stuck with the Pac-12 shakedown? Well, because it's it's Frank's shakedown. It is. I've never, by the way, I've never asked you guys to bring it. It's my thing. I like to bring the shakes for the Pac-12 shakedown, mostly because I think if we assigned it, then I wouldn't get a shake. Like, <laughs> somebody would forget to bring the shakes. Uh, so I'm, taking, I'm would, taking it on my own. You would not get a custard shake. I promise you that. That's that's the one thing you wouldn't get. Uh, no, People love the custard shakes. By the way, you you tried you tried. I don't want to get off topic here because this was a no, fantastic yeah, victory. Sticking, I'm but not going to do it. You tried to you tried to compare twelve twelve dollars and ninety nine cent enchiladas on a menu as being the the frozen custard yeah. of Mexican food. That was completely inappropriate. Nope, 100% completely on the dot. Did you notice how many likes I got as compared to how many you, likes but You better go check it. You better got. go check that. I will. I think you got nine likes. I got like at, 340. At least, that's not true. You maybe got three, and I got nine. I oh. doubled you up. All right, we can't do this. Curtis. No, we can't. You're up next with Frank Dolce on 97.5, 12 of The Zone, the Utah Post Game Show. Go ahead, Curtis. Thank you. Three, four, zero. Are we on? Are we on speakerphone? Curtis, I need you to turn down the radio. All right, there's. Uh, let's cut off Curtis. Darn it! Eight five five three four zero nine six six three to jump on the post game. Let's go out to Scott. You're up next with Frank Dolce. Go ahead, Scott. Oh my gosh, guys! Did you guys see what happened in Logan tonight? That rain was incredible. Wait, is this Scott Gerard? <laughs> is this Scotty Gerard? What is going Offense on? turned the ball over four times. Four times. But the Aggie defense said, not tonight. All right. They put that- Thank you, Scott. Hey. Brian, bring hey, him down. I, we love I, you, I, Scott, love but you. this is not Utah State post game. I love Utah State. And they had a huge win tonight. Gerald Bright had 36 carries no, Frank, for 179 yards. Don't buy into it. Absolutely. So, Brian, is the Utah State post game still going on the other st- – oh, they, they've cut that short? No. <laughs> Not doing Utah State post game. That was Scotty's job. Frank and I are doing Utah. Look at me. I am a focused dude because we got a great football game on what our is, hands I, here. Are, I don't know if we can take any more callers. I don't understand. What, I don't know I, what I, honestly, has. I don't understand what's happened here, Brian. I'm going to try one more, Brian. <laughs> if we get, if we don't get a Utah question, it's Frank and I are just going to talk Utah football for the next three hours. As a Ute, I'm disappointed in my fans right yeah. now. Yeah. Nick, yeah, yeah. the hopes of Utah Nation rest on your shoulders for a good Utah either point or question. Go ahead, Nick. All right. Well, first and foremost, uh, thanks for taking my call. And, yes, I'm a proud Ute, so I have a question for you, Hans. Being the offensive line specialist and analyst that you are, 
how do you feel the O-line play tonight? Because obviously they gave it more protection, which gave more time for the receivers to get some passes. But what was your analysis initially? Excellent call. Appreciate it. And my analysis out of the gates without, of course, going back for review is going to be a solid B+. Possibly leaking into an A-, minus, possibly leaking down to a B, but a really good B+. Plus. There, there were moments. Simi mm-hmm. Mawala gave up a really hideous pressure in the first quarter. Just, just got beat on the inside. Just gave up the inside shoulder, and it was like, oh no, it's going to be he, another long night. He was playing right tackle tonight. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there, there were moments with one of the guards where he continued to give up inside pressure, but then that got sealed up. There was another moment back into the first quarter, front part of the second quarter where Umana, the center, gave up a pressure mm-hmm. uh, to number 98, I think it was, for Washington State. So there were some little leaks and little pressure leaks, but then there were like these great makeup moments where you know you, you set a really solid pocket, gave Huntley time, or you pushed a, a, a pass rusher wide. I also like, because Washington State was trying a lot of frontline activity. Mm-hmm. So they were they were stimming before the snap. You saw mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Uh, and and typically that's either you know pre cadence or it's set on a certain part of the cadence, and the line will shift, and then they'll run stunts, they'll run twists, and I felt like Utah was really good in the run game. They were picking up the twist well. I'll go back and look at film, and I'm I'm wondering if some of the pressure because 98 didn't typically line up on a plus minus on Yamana, so I think he had to have been coming in a in some type of twist formation when he got the pressure on Yamanas. But uh, thanks for the call, Nick. And I would say a solid B+. You're hard. Like, you don't really give A's. No, I don't. To the offensive line. It's, it, it's tough for you. I mean, and I, you you take pride in that position. I totally understand it. Yeah. And I do the same thing with, with the, the quarterback. Quarterback, yeah, quarterback you're, position. You're, you're ultra critical. Critical. Yeah. Um, objective, I like to say, but lots of people say critical. Can I just say? Can I just tell people why? This is this is why. Frank and I sat in position meetings for years on end. Seven years professionally for me, five years in college, four years through high school, and then probably another. Well, I really started film probably freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. A lot of years of positional meetings where they sit and just criticize and criticize and criticize. And then when you have a really great moment, they're like, oh, don't miss the layup. And then it's on to the next criticism. <laughs> Is it not? Yeah. So yes. w- when I watch, it's just, okay, well, let's look at where we can get better. Because mm-hmm. where we're good, that's fine. Just keep being good. Let's look at where we can get better. And there are still places that they can get better. And they're going to need to because they're going to see better defensive lines than Washington State. No question about it. I was going to ask you about that. And, you know, by the way, C- Coach Ron McBride, old offensive lineman, old offensive line coach, always said that, you know, the key to success is making your weakness your strength. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the areas where you focus in a football game is what did you do wrong? How do you get better and correct that moving into the next week? Well, this is what's, this is what's really nice about this. So you take a bye week. You you get your backs up to up to snuff. You get everybody ready to go, and then you've got Oregon State. It's a great team to, you know, kind of fill things out and and get the health after a after a bye week and get the flow back before you take on Arizona State. Arizona State's going to have a better defensive front than Washington State. 
you got those two games, and then you get into heavy hitting, baby. Oh. Cal oh, and Washington back to back, heavy hitting up front. So I like the way the schedule works out for Utah, but a B plus in there. And Nick, we appreciate the call. That's how it's done. 855 340 9663. Utah fans, you're headed home from this game. That's how it's done. And you're feeling so good about That's this how win. It's done. And we just want to we want to celebrate with you. We want to have a little bit of a party, have some excitement. Frank looked at me when we were out here watching the game. He's like, "Do I need to give you a five hour energy? Do you need a monster because you're yeah. seeing you're seeming real glum?" No, you not glum wasn't the word. Like you seemed like exhausted. Oh. Like you've had a full day. I, been, I understand that you have a full day. And by the way, a lot of football today. By the way, you know, doing <laughs> I wouldn't. It, it's so much fun. I it would is. never stop doing this. It and, truly is the best. And, and the stuff that you do, you put all of your energy into it. I do. And so when you do a pregame, and then you watch and break down a game, and then you do a postgame, that's exhausting. And then when you do that twice, yeah. that can be super exhausting. Yeah. Can. And so, yeah, so when I walked in, I saw that look on your face that looked like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, but look, man. Energy. Exhausted. And now you have energy, it. Energy. Energy. And now you have it. Well, because yeah. we finally got a really f- great game. Yeah, that's like, true. Like this finally. morning was like, like. Oh. I, you know, I don't want to get off. Puke breath. I don't want to get day. off topic. And we'll take that off air. I don't want to get that. I don't want to get. I, but I, I am interested I in talking about but, that game. But, but that's why my energy is so high. Because yeah. Yeah. how fun is this to break down? Tyler Huntley. 21 of 30 for 334 yards, two touchdowns, and a clean game. No turnovers from this Utah team. Uh, it was everything one. you had yeah. to see from this team. It, to, that's exactly to right. To shake the USC flakes out. Yeah. And just be like, nah, that was all. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's, it, it caught you off guard. You, you, that was a third-string quarterback. Like, you can now explain away a lot of things and with now, that USC loss. And now there's hope, a little bit more hope. For this Utah football team who took that bad loss a week ago, well, guess what? USC took another loss today against a very difficult, tough Washington team. So USC still has to lose another. Yeah, but it, it'll but, happen. But th- I think so too. Yeah, it's going to happen. I think so too. Now there's some. Now there's kind of that bright light. By the way, I was going to ask you about this offensive line. Without doing your review, I know you're going to do this weekend. Just thirty thousand foot level. Did did you did you see the offensive line take a step forward? Yes, from a week ago. I did. I absolutely did. Yes. Not the same I, level I, of competition. I, I don't. No, think, it's but. not. It's not. But I don't know if I worry about that right now because, and I'll, I'll tell you why. And Brian, I think you could probably agree with me on this. I, I didn't see the mental errors. With the offensive line that I saw last week, no, not not nearly as many. I mean, there's still things to clean up, and you're always going to have that with younger guys. But but but, but even the pressure on Simi Moala, Simi had the guy, mm-hmm. but the guy he understood that that was his his assignment. But the guy beat him on the inside. I just didn't see the, I didn't see the breakdown. Did you? No, no, not at all. Not at uh, all. What about offsides, holdings? As you, uh, can you kind of? Go through that offsides and holding call, because that that those are things that will red check mark against all the offensive line. I mean, I think they were a lot more under control is the biggest thing, and well, it, well, it felt like they were 
a lot more steady, a lot more confident. I, you know, not not as rattled by the crowd at USC, not as rattled by the front. They were a lot more. I mean, the ground game was a lot better too. It was better. Uh, the illegal shift that was not that was uh, that was fathering. That him. was fathering him. Mm-hmm. And then you had a mental blow up by Devontae Henry Cole down in the red zone. What was that? Like the five yard line after the illegal shift. Did you see that play? It was supposed to be an option. Yep. Henry Cole goes the wrong way. Yep. Huntley is – there's three defenders hitting him, and he's like, Devontae! <laughs> Devontae! Did you hear that? Did you hear him yelling that? Devontae, I could hear him from here. I was like, oh, Devontae's in trouble. <laughs> so there were a couple mental breakdowns, tight end, maybe shift, whatever the call was, Devontae. But I felt like the offensive line did not make the mental mistakes we saw last week. So, yeah, I think they did take a step forward. Let's do this, Frank. we got to take a break. we got to take our first break. We'll come right back to phone calls and more on this Utah win, 38-13 to over the Washington State Cougars. This is your Utah postgame show featuring Frank Dolce. down, stepping up in the pocket, throwing down the field, wide open, Nakua, touchdown Utah, 52 yards. Utah throwing the ball like Washington State, <laughs> just like you were talking about, Shane, yeah. taking on the other team's personality. Welcome back, 97.5, 12 into the zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is the Utah Post Game Show with Frank Dolce, Hans Olsen. Man, we love hanging out with Utah fans on a late night as they're driving out of Rice Eccles Stadium, but with a big grin on their face because Tyler Huntley played like a man. The running game looked just fine, uh, San Zach Moss. The offensive line came along. I was just looking through my notes and I was trying to find anything that gave me signs of negatives for the offensive line. I've got Moala on an issue on an inside uh, give, and then I've got a fourth and one where Wilmore was stopped. I don't know. I can't. Can you close your eyes and picture what that was? It was a fourth and one. I think oh, it was on. Yeah. I think it was on about the 40-yard line of Washington State. Yep, yep. And I don't know if that was an offensive line issue or if it was a Wilmore issue. I don't know. That's one I have to go back and review. I can't. Yeah, I can't picture it. But I do know know exactly the play you're talking about. But I can't picture it. I do know it was a stop. It was a give, wasn't it, Brian? It was. Yeah, it was Wilmore on the run. He just got he got stopped. Fourth and one. Unfortunately, that was right when Fox had pulled their cameras for the lightning delay. Yeah. Supposed lightning delay. That's right, and we just got that. We got the panned out view of it. Lightning delay. Oh my gosh! Oh, everybody's they, everybody's they got their a cameras because they didn't, they didn't want the lightning to hit their cameras. And everybody has a lightning delay. Look, days. if I'm in the stadium and I'm risking my baby, I think that you can risk your camera. I've got my five year old kid, and I'm like, well, it's a really good game. Mm-hmm. Fox is like, oh, those cameras, are- those cameras, those are Fox's babies. Come those on, cameras. man. If if we could keep the fans in Rice Eccles, you could keep your cameras. You know that what this feels like. A game like this feels like, and I don't want to go over the top, but but just to celebrate for a night, because you you have to forget about it. Yeah, you have to forget about this game. But but doesn't it feel like you want to get all your buddies together 
y'all went to the game together and you want to go to a like a nice barbecue restaurant yeah. and have some ribs and yeah, just even if it's, hang out even though it's 1210 talk a, absolutely talk about the game go find a pool table yeah are, are you talking like dance club stuff or you're just talking about eating dance th- yeah dance dance club like club no. deviate is deviate no, around that's not that's not a celebration we're not in high school anymore is that's the, not is, a celebration is the bricks if the bricks are they open no, none of that. No, 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 Area none of that. Fifty-one. None of that. No, I don't not like think either of those have been open about, this century. I'm talking, Brian. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like sitting around a big, a massive table playing poker. With, with no, with food all over cornbread and barbecue, and you're just talking about the game, and you're maybe throwing peanuts at each other, and oh, and you're just Frank, enjoying the. You're just enjoying the. Enjoying the night, the big victory. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. You're going to have to sleep sitting up with all that eating this late, mister. That's Maybe crack yourself a Folsters? <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. 855-340-9663. It is a fun night. It really is. Uh, let's jump out to the phone lines and go to Brian. Brian, you're up next with Frank Dolce. Go ahead, Brian. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I love the game tonight. I, you know, the biggest thing that I take away is, I mean, we're talking about how good Huntley is, but I feel like and Whoa, that's a dramatic pause. Lo- is he still there? <laughs> he was right on <laughs> I the feel edge. Like- I, I feel like Tyler Huntley's numbers would have been better if Jason Shelley, or sorry, if Demari Simpkins doesn't drop, drop a the- football. Like, here's the crazy thing. Right, I Tyler know. Tyler Huntley was 21 of 30, and there were still drop balls. Yes. All right, Brian, I'm going I'm to let you finish, Brian, but hold on really quick. Tyler Huntley yes. was fantastic tonight. Now go ahead, Brian. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say what Huntley was amazing at tonight, which I feel like everyone's been giving him a hard time his whole career, is saying he just looked at one progression and then runs. I think tonight he made amazing decisions on when to run versus when to extend plays and find the outlet guys on the on the outsides and just keeping his eyes downfield. I just feel like his sense of the game this year, they, I mean, it's not just this week. He's been doing it all season, but tonight is when you saw the biggest points on yeah. the board and the best overall team win. But he's just been playing amazing all year. My biggest concern tonight, which I know we we're only rushing three most of the night, but – I feel like we just got no pressure on the quarterback, which mm-hmm. maybe that was just defensive it was. team, but it was. that was my biggest area of concern. But Yeah, uh, perfect call, Brian. Thank you. That's what we're looking for, 855-340-9663. Brian, uh, that was their game plan. That is coached from day one against Washington State. We are going to rush to a three-step. We are going to check quarterback stance and eyes if it's a three-step drop, we stop and get our hands in windows and try to bat balls and try to shut things down and try to create distraction because we're not going to get there. So we don't want to continue in our rush when the quarterback is throwing because now we're tucked down. You know, We're still kind of low in our stance. We're trying to rip technique. Offensive line is still pushing us aside. So what they're doing is they're just settling into an area and then they're trying to time the quarterback's throw off the quarterback's eyes. 
Frank, do you remember throwing against defenses that did this? Did it did it bug you? Defenses that ran into zones and blocked windows, did it bug you? Yeah, absolutely. No. Okay, but I want people to understand that the goal is to get to a quarterback. Yeah, you want – like as a defensive lineman, don't tell me, hey, Hans, I need you to take three steps, get your hands up. No, that sucks, coach. I get it. But you're not going to get there. So this is what we're going to do to make it more difficult for them. Yeah, but I want to rush the quarterback. You're a moron because you're dropping your helmet, you're dropping your hands, and you're in a rush, and it's a perfect window. Mm-hmm. That's right. The issue with dropping a bunch of people and and allowing a quarterback a little bit more time, um, even if you're getting into some of those throwing windows, is just really difficult. The offense has the advantage. It's really difficult for the defensive back or the linebacker, whomever is in coverage, to react. You can always act faster than the reaction. And so it puts a defense at a disadvantage when you're not going to pressure the quarterback. That's why you have to have this kind of this balance of enough pressure on the quarterback to allow your to, to force a decision and allow your defensive backs to hold on to guys just long enough before they, they – they let let go. So it's 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 challenging fi- finding that balance, but clearly that's the that was the right that was the right way to play it. That was the right game plan. And the way that balls get got batted down and the way that Utah kept everything in front of them and still getting still the ability to get a reasonable amount of pressure with a three-man rush. It was I just th- I just thought the scheme really well put together, the strategy really good, and executed really, really well by the defensive backfield. Uh, sorry, I'm sending out a very important tweet right now for you. Is that right? I have a. I have the – while you're tweeting – I don't have time for you right now That's okay. or this show. I'm sending a tweet. Okay, I'm because I'm going to tell you this. Does this surprise you in the Pac-12 South? Conference leader – Arizona. Oh man. What? In what? <laughs> they lead the conference. They're one and oh in conference play. They beat who did they beat? UCLA tonight. Yeah, because UCLA yes. is just not Colorado, yeah, UCLA is just not. And Colorado is one and oh because they beat Arizona State. Hey, take a guess at how many Passes were deflected. Total. And then Arizona State defense. beat Cal. That's ridiculous. How many passes were deflected by Utah? I would say. Don't you look at my tweet? I'm not. I, oh, okay. I'm, I don't. Right. I don't look at your tweets because typically there's some derogatory comment about B. Six. False. <laughs> six passes. Six passes were deflected. I'm going to go with six. Higher. Eight. Higher. Twelve. Yes. What? 12. Okay. Past deflections. What does in. that tell you? What is So you made this comment like uh a a batted ball yes is as it's meaningful a as a sack. Yes. Yeah. So that so you're saying there were 12 sacks. Most defensive coaches that I played for, we got sack recognition as a defensive line off of a uh, off of a pass deflection. So uh, it, even though they told me, Hans, rush into a zone, get into that window, and and get your hands up, and I thought, man, I'd rather hit a quarterback. <laughs> then they'd say, no, 
because at the end of the year you get sack you get uh, sack recognition for that. And I'm like, but I don't get to bite a quarterback's ear off. And they're like, okay, wipe the slobber off your face, and you and do what we're asking you to do. You are the you were stop like chewing the on that pin, petulant child. <laughs> Couldn't twelve. You were past deflections. You were Veruca from Charlie and the Chocolate. You want it now? Jalen Johnson with a couple, but you had Francis Bernard with a deflection. Javelin Guidry. You had Terrell Burgess with three past deflections, and then down the line, uh, Putatau, Nurse, Lewis, Tafua. Everybody getting in on the past deflection action, and then one sack on the night coming from John Penasini. So, great night. You know, gosh dang it, man. I love when I'm accurate with a defensive game plan. Saying, shut down windows, play some zone, rush into the zone, hands in the windows. Like, it it, it worked well against Washington State. And it will work well against run and shoot. And I think what they did tonight would have worked well yeah. last week. Yeah. I mean, it's such this, like, kick in the gut. If Utah had only done that a week ago, where would they be now? Well, you know, nothing comes easy, so you have to fight through some of this adversity. But, but how about how about Francis Bernard? Yeah, how about that? Twelve tackles, beautiful Eight solo tackles, one pass defended. I, I thought hey. Francis and Devin awesome tonight. Hey, who's R.J. Hubert? Hey Brian, talk a little bit about RJ because Hubert number t- number ten stepped out on the field, what? and I what? looked at Brian. I'm like Brian, he shows up tonight, and Brian's like the savant of Utah personnel. Yeah, yeah. When you don't have a job all through the summer, you can tend to kind of hang out where you can, and so I just hit the gas like, and sip. Basically, slept outside the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Me and the Maverick employees are best friends, first name basis. I, you know what's funny is I tip. I, I used to be before they raised their prices. All right, so uh, R.J. Hubert, Brian. Yeah, he's a redshirt freshman, and he's a guy that they've been really high on. Uh, came back from his mission last year. Uh, he's a he's a Vegas kid, really talented athlete, and he had a good spring. Um, had a pretty good spring game, and is really kind of just taken to the position this fall. And he's a guy that works, and he does what Coach Scali does. And you saw him step in tonight, and. He made a few mistakes, but overall, I think he was a really positive influence on the defense. I think he was, too. Did you see some of the electric energy he had after? Like, when he was coming off the field, the guy was throwing fists in the air and, and jumping up, and it, it was just fun to watch kind of his electric nature. Seemed to light up the team a bit. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is just his his personality, and also, he's an incredible athlete, and, yeah. and he does some very athletic things on the field that really – helps them to cover more of that territory. You saw it a little bit tonight with, I think, Devin Lloyd and Francis Bernard, where they just aren't quite quick enough to keep up with some of those inside wide receivers. Uh And having those extra guys out there, especially RJ, who can come down in the box, he can play deep, that really helps and adds a lot to this defense. He's a guy that I thought they were going to use last week against USC more, too. Yeah, yeah. No, Isn't that just like a Utah defense to just say, hey, you know what? Yeah, but that's we have this guy. Yeah, that's we're gonna the put, answer. We're going to put him in here. We were doing the Thursday preview show, and that was the question: was okay. So, what does Utah do now? Because USC mm. kind of opened things up and mm-hmm. abused them, and we all looked at each other and thought, 
Well, they've got the personnel, but do they do they have the desire to make changes? Well, they answered it. Mm-hmm. They rushed two a couple of times. They put uh, a kid named R.J. Hubert on the field to to come up and make and and have run support and make some big electric plays. Like they made adjustments to to slow down the run and shoot, keep it in front of them, and hold that Washington State offense to thirteen points. Have we talked about the significance of that? Holding Washington State oh. to thirteen points, holding Anthony Gordon to 252 yards through the air. Now, that might be a lot like some think, well, geez, well, 252 yards. They're averaging 400 yards through the air. 500? They're averaging almost 500 yards. Through the air? Isn't that the number? Or maybe that was last week, 570 yards through the air. I think they're averaging uh, 400 through the air, and I think (sighs) that they're averaging 100 on the ground. that, That may be it. So... Yeah, and hold on, though, Frank. Hold on. Listen to this. So here you go. Perfect example. Last week against UCLA, 570 yards through the air. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago against Houston, 440 yards through the air. Three weeks ago, 464. First week, 420. And I know some of those were against poor defenses. Yeah. But Utah stopping at 252 tonight. Was it just showed that they made the tweaks and made the plays and made it difficult for Anthony Gordon to force a ball around, which gives me a, a wealth of hope because I know that they can play power. I still think that they're fine against Washington and fine against Cal, and they, they I think that I think that USC had some unique differences in run and shoot, and Graham is it Graham Harrell Harrell made some interesting tweaks and calls, and that team was locked and loaded after a, a week of loss, and it just felt like it was weird timing, and Utah wasn't ready and engaged. This game told me, wait a second, wait a second. They they can circle the wagons. They've got the personnel. They can come together mm-hmm. and win these difficult games, because mm-hmm. this is a really difficult game. This was the game you identified at the beginning of the year and said, Hans, this is a difficult game. And look at what they did. 13 points. To a team that's averaging 50 points a game. A team that scored 63 points against, you know, a not very good UCLA team. But still 63 points. So, and and that's what I said when, when, I, when I walked in here tonight. Utah did everything that they needed to do to win this football game. They put that, they put the whole game plan together. Man. So now that, that's now encouraging. The, the, now the big question is, do, can you do that week in and week out? I think USC is going to take another loss, but I don't know that Utah can take another loss. Is, is everybody in the South? Is everybody going to take two losses on the year? Um, very possible, actually, Frank. Very, very possible, but. This win tonight, and I know that Washington State has a porous defense, but this win tonight really gave me encouragement because I didn't have a ton of question if they could play power. No, I just don't. No, no, no. That's just who they are. They've got seven deep defensive line. You know, I I know that right now they're they're thin at linebacker, 
they want Francis and they want Devin and those guys are playing well. And then, you know, it starts to get a little bit thin behind them. They've got some guys that they can rotate in. But they can play power. Mm-hmm. I think that Blackman can be good in run support. I think Gidry is mm-hmm. a nickel can be good in run support. And th- those guys can take care of power. The question came after that USC loss. Whoa, 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 whoa. Arizona. Arizona State. You know, are we going to see some quirky offense that uncorks off the edges? Uh, By the way, Brian, you brought up a really good point. Just talk about, uh, you were talking about the way Anthony Gordon attacks the field as compared to the way Fink attacked the field. And this is something that Utah does need to look at going forward. Yeah, it's Gordon and, and that offense, it's all designed to attack the middle of the field. And they run those shallow cross, they run those seven-yard curls, and it's all, you know, I think it was 60% of his passes all go to the middle, whereas against USC, you saw Fink hit the sidelines and throw up those 50-50 balls. And he tried to do a little bit against Washington today, but Washington was a lot better, dropping eight into coverage. And, uh, you know, big difference between those two where Fink was trying to hit the sidelines and go over the top on on the edges, and and Washington State was trying really, really hard to work the middle of the field. And I think that's where where Utah really made their strides. If you watch the the pass rush, I know Utah fans love Sac Lake City, but it was contain Lake City tonight, and it was terrific. It was it was exactly what you needed to do against that team. All the metrics tell us against air raid teams, it's drop eight, keep everything in front of you, and protect that middle of the field. And they did it tonight. Get some pass deflections, block out windows, and and they did it. It was an excellent game plan and a great win, thirty-eight to thirteen. Frank, are you up for trying some more phone calls? We what? I love phone calls. Had some bad luck. We haven't we had any game. bad luck. Can I just tell you one thing before yeah. we go to Carter? Uh-huh. We've had a terrific luck with our phone calls. <laughs> You remember when you remember when we were talking about we were talking about offensive productivity in the passing game for Utah and, mm-hmm. and Tyler Huntley only averaged six ish yards per pass completion. Yeah, at USC, eleven point one yards per completion. That's where it needs to be. That's where it needs to be. Yes. Ten ten plus yards. Well, guess where on his two hundred and fifty two yards? Guess where Gordon was? Five point one yards. Mm-hmm. Per completion, that's not that's not very good. But it, but an intriguing number definitely very. reflects well for Utah's Absolutely. defense. Absolutely. All right, Carter, you're up with Frank Dolce. Go ahead, Carter. Hey guys. Hey. Hey Carter. That was a really fun game to watch. It, as a youth fan, it makes me really happy to see that our offense was able to succeed even without Zach Moss. Uh, one thing I really think that helped us uh, turn around from the USC game is our offensive lines discipline. Uh, against USC, we got a lot of holding calls and a lot of just uh, negligent playing calls, just stuff that comes from lack of discipline. But in just a week, we were able to turn that around. And I wanted to ask you guys, what's it take to practice discipline and to turn yourself around in just seven days? Well, Carter, they did. They do a couple things up front with the offensive line. And one thing that we used to run quite often were – in, in practice were things called perfect plays. You probably remember the perfect mm-hmm. plays. And there's a couple different ways to run perfect plays. You can run it against air, or you can run it against 11-man defense that just kind of stands, takes the impact. 
And you run the exact steps, you run the exact hand placement, you run, it's just, it's what it's called. It's a perfect play. If every single person, especially in that front, doesn't take the exact step with the exact hand placement, with the exact, you know, next level and all the next level blocking, all the things that you've got to do, then it doesn't count. And it's exhausting because you run it in rapid fire. And it works on your footsteps, your hand placement, your your assignments, your getting off the ball, the count. And the other thing in perfect plays, I don't know if you remember if you did it this way, Frank, you could never go on the same count twice. So it's on one, on two, on four, on three, on set, on go, on in. You're just – and so in your mind, you're working the play, you're working the count, you're working your steps, you're working your assignments, you're working your blocks. and And then you're working your conditioning. Because mm-hmm. it's so the perfect plays, and I've tried to do that with uh, my son's little team. That they and wait a second, how old are they? Uh, they're seventh grade. That's you're that's never gonna work. No, we did it, we ran it for about two and a half hours. Oh my god, I was like, Did you get to the perfect plays? No, didn't get one in. Nope, <laughs> are they still out there? That's your, yeah, they're, that's they're your still fault. Out I can't imagine you putting that. Through yep. those seventh graders through that. Them young ones are still out there. It was hard enough for, I mean, you're talking about kids still, 18, 19, 20-year-olds to run that. It's hard enough for it the is. pros to run I that. I know, man. I know. And then you were going to, you instituted that on your seventh graders. Yeah, because it really is a drill that, that it cleans, especially trench play up. Let's let's take it down just a notch for those guys. Let's call it nearly perfect. Plays. No. <laughs> Let's go nearly perfect, perfect plays, plays for the seventh graders. With the exception of number 72. <laughs> We're going to let him off the hook because he, that guy is he's pretty n- imperfect. Nearly perfect. So, Carter, that that is one thing. And then, you know, the other thing is you go back to the drawing board and you pull up the, the USC game and you just look in detail. All right. So, uh, right guard, you had eight red check marks. Five of those were in inside pressure. So today we're going to work one-on-ones rushing inside pressures. And I, I want you all I want you to do is force that power leg Isn't that just how it goes? back to the inside. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. They just have the clipboard right there. They're like, well, look, this is what you did wrong. And yep. so here we are out on the practice field, and here's 100 reps of that thing it's, for you. It's – it is expected every week, Frank. Oh, man. Do you remember going in and you're just like, oh, Frank, oh. you missed the curl again. Why are you overthrowing the curl? Yeah. Oh, I remember those. And you run it, and you run it, mm-hmm. and, you run, and you're just like, okay. And, and that's how you get better at it. And, and we, we did see the improvements. The other way, Carter, is when the talent across from you isn't quite as desperate, physical, Crisp, at home or on the road, there there are all kinds of scenarios that either detract or improve your situation. So, so I thought there was great pride in the Utah offensive line, the way that they responded to that. Because there are guys, and we've all played with those guys, mm-hmm. that would look at that film and kind of just disregard it. Then they'd go out and they'd go through the – They'd go through the motions, but then still make the same mistakes. And then you find yourself just right back where you were before. 
But I thought this this group, this offensive line, you know, whatever it was that they did, the stuff that you're talking about, Hans, and taking that to heart and improving over the last week of practice and then executing that out on the field, I thought that showed great pride because it's, you know, just, just take a look at Washington State on the other side. On their defensive side, that's a team that gave up 67 points to UCLA. 50 of those came at the second half. Yeah. And that was, those are things like missed tackles. And, and we saw those things still creep up for the Washington State defense tonight. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I just credit that, that, uh, the, the coaching staff, whatever they did, and, and just the individuals taking pride in what they were doing to well, make those corrections. Washington State's got a long road in front of them now. They've got to figure out a way to recover because that, that can be a really good offense, and, and I think they're going to have to look at themselves in their mirror defensively just like Utah had to do last week. But the two position groups that had so many red check marks I couldn't count them all, the defensive backfield and the offensive line went back to the draw board and they came out great tonight so awesome awesome response to a horrible letdown against usc last week we'll take a quick break we'll come back you're gonna hear from kyle whittingham and we're gonna get to more phone calls it's the utah postgame show with frank dolce here on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network as the cougars take over at their own 47 and he just gets picked off by Francis Bernard. Second interception of the game. Bernard gets shoved out at the 35. Francis. Mm-hmm. Francis. <laughs> yes, I'm sitting. I'm literally sitting two feet away from you. Why are you yelling at me? I call him Francis the Saint. Saint. Yeah, St. Francis. You know who else is? No. Francis? The St. Bernard. Francis the St. Bernard. You know who else is a saint? Who? And the Pope, Francis. Huh? Pope Francis. You could call him the Pope. You could. Or you could call him a life-saving dog. St. Bernard? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was their original purpose. They would... Uh, Do you know what they carried in the... Uh, yes. Uh, warm of- Warm liquor, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, how come you were getting injured on your <laughs> on your treks across the Matterhorn? <laughs> Calling the Saint, Saint Bernard. Oh uh, man, Francis was so good tonight. He was so good. He was on the money and a, and a great interception to to really stall things out. Twelve tackles, like you mentioned, eight solo tackles, a couple of pass deflections, some big plays. Did you see the stick he made on? I think it was a screen to Borgie. Right in the middle. <laughs> Did you see it? I saw it. He baked him right up into a cake. <laughs> he <laughs> it was awesome, man. He put Borgie in a... No? Okay. Yeah, you can say it. Okay. I thought you were going to say... Put Borgie Bor- in the oven. Yes. Yeah, that's good. He really it's the him. way that you say it. It was awesome. Francis was great tonight. That was a huge hit, momentum builder. And, yeah, Frank and I are excited, man. We we do. We love to sit back and we love to watch good football. And when, oh, you, when, Utah's, when Utah plays well, 
it just eases the heart and soul because you know we it's hard to sit here and talk about missed assignments for an offensive line. You know, when I did the film review last week, Utah versus USC, and I did I think twelve or or fifteen different reviews, and I want to say nine of the twelve were were negatives, and mm-hmm. it was just like. And I'm oh. watching. I'm like, oh my gosh! I really, I don't want to talk about this kid, you know, because mm-hmm. I see what he's saying. I like the out call that that was missed at the two yard line, and mm-hmm. it's like, man, I've missed out calls. Yeah, I've you've I've been had, you've been had moments like that. Yeah, it's so nice to go back and now. You know, film review is more about Tyler Huntley looking up and seeing downfield off of a rush or. Um, Jalen Johnson running stride for stride, and instead of tripping, I, I want to say it was that first offensive series <laughs> yeah, for Washington it, State. It he was. makes the cut, and Jalen comes over the top, top and bats a ball that's down. Right. So yeah, it's like, oh, thank you. Yes, breathing room, feel good. Now they're and then they go into bye week with momentum and excitement and belief again, because the USC game. And when we talked to Coach Whittingham on whatever Tuesday, he said. Yeah, it, our coaches wouldn't. It was a really bad film day. Yeah. And this isn't going to be a bad film day. There'll be some guys that have red check marks, but this is going to be a fun film setting for a lot of guys. Yeah, absolutely. You still learn. I mean, you still have the opportunity to learn. This, the, the USC game was, it's a bad loss to take. You get some, there's, there's something that you get out of it. There's something helpful out that comes out of that game. Maybe this, you know, a, a new focus for that football team. And now it's the a, it's a matter of can you build on your success mm-hmm. now? Can you build on this the step that you took? It's 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 easy to lose a game like that against USC and get focused oh, because yeah. your back is against the wall. <laughs> I mean, you're. That's the circle of the wagons. Everybody's questioning your. Yeah, you're the you now manhood. you're the underdog. Yeah, that's right. So now you get super hyper focused. The teams that really achieve, the Alabamas of the world, the Ohio States of the world, keep building off of that success. They mm. never have that letdown after succeeding. Even though Clemson almost did. Well, I don't put Clemson in that same category. If you notice. Mm. Whenever I talk about the top teams, I talk about Alabama, and and I I talk about Ohio State, and I I rarely put a team like Clemson in that category. I don't know exactly why, but it so just, they've got just, a couple of championships. Over I the know, but years they here. just don't seem to. I don't know what it is. I have this this weird thing with Clemson. They don't seem to. Well, they step- maybe it's with Dabo. I don't. I'm just not a big Dabo guy. They stepped up and stopped a UNC two-point conversion to win the game. Wait, that you know how many things are wrong with that sentence? They stepped up and stopped a UNC. UNC isn't a rank, even a ranked football team. We're no. talking about the number one team in the nation. That's why. That's why I mean, like, I think Alabama moves into that spot. The way that Alabama manages those situations, it's like we're we're going to take take care of business. Yeah. They do. Week in, week out. So we'll see if Utah can build on that, find some consistency. And this is Coach Whittingham at the podium after this Washington State win talking about the potential of building on this win and how he felt about how the guys played tonight. 
appreciate it. I can't see those, but I'm sure they're good. <laughs> okay, uh, great to see our guys rebound after a, a disappointing, tough loss last week. You know, I don't want to keep talking about that, but it was it was great to see our guys put a complete game together, uh, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, I thought Tyler was outstanding again. Um, he's playing. Uh, by far his best football since he's been a Ute, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now, in my opinion. Um, defense, that, that offense of uh, Washington State's potent and high-powered. They're getting 600 yards a game and 50-plus points, and to, and to hold them to uh, what we did tonight was was outstanding. And so it's uh, you know it's great to go into a bye week off of a win. You know you don't want to sit on a loss for two weeks, and so so that's another positive is uh, we got some momentum back in our favor. And uh, we're going to this bye week, get some guys healed up, hopefully, you know, get our tailback back and and uh, get ready for the next one. So questions? Now the defense obviously shut down their passing attack. What was maybe different against this air raid offense versus last week's? Uh, our secondary played much better, first of all. I mean, they, they, and they were – they had a uh, – uh, they had some, re you know, they want a redemption this week because they didn't, we didn't play well back there last week, and uh, we know we we're better than that. And this week they came out with a purpose. Uh, give credit to Coach Scally and the defensive coaches; they had a great plan. Uh, showed them some looks that uh, we haven't showed before. I'm sure they've seen them at some point, but we, we had not showed the looks, and and uh, it was, uh, you know, it worked. It was, it was outstanding, and Andy and the offense uh, outstanding, and the, you know, the best defense tonight was our offense. They just kept moving the football and moving the chains and making first downs. I don't know how many first downs. I mean, it had to be close to 30 and 30-something uh, you know, points. So that was a lot of production out there offensively. And like I said, it was a team win. It was all, all three phases uh, clicking. How would you describe how Morgan mixed things up and gave them? Well, mixed up a bunch of zone and man, uh, three-man rush, four-man rush, predominantly three-man rush tonight. But uh, kept things in front of us a lot better than we did a week ago. And uh, just had them off balance. Had some nice blitzes that we haven't shown before that uh, that got some pressure, and uh, we made plays. I mean, that play Julian Blackman made uh, down on the goal line, uh, open field tackle on fourth down. That was a heck of a play, and we were making those plays all night. For uh, Francis Bernard, a uh, huge interception. Uh, Jalen Johnson had an interception. There's just a lot of a lot of good things going on out there tonight. The focus wants to still almost get a 200 yards of rushing. Says a lot about your. He does. He does. Yeah, o line and the and the backs that. Uh, contributed tonight, Devin Brumfield and and Devonta Henry Cole and Jordan Wilmore. So it's uh, you know it's next man up like we always say. And you know we would love to get Zach back and hopefully you know we're fairly confident we'll have him for the next game. And so uh, that'll be you know make us that much more potent running the football. But but when he's not there, the other guys got to pick up the slack, which they did. And a credit to the offensive line. The focus and execution really on both sides of the ball seemed to be kind of next level tonight. What was this week of preparation and practice? Like, like for your squad. Well, it was great. It was it was uh, complete. Uh, they were all dialed in. We have great, great leadership on this team, and the players, uh, you know, the leaders on the team made sure that just like they do every week, it wasn't anything. Uh, we haven't had a bad week of practice ever, you know, since way back in spring ball. And so, it's not like we, we've had bad practices, but they were they were very sharp this week. And and uh, I think our coaches did a nice job keeping them fresh. You know, we weren't out there for a long time. You know, we get the work done and get off the field, but uh, it's just a matter of them digesting. Uh, the game plans on both sides of the ball, and then going out, going out and executing it. We we're also much more uh, penalty free tonight, and we were we still had a, you know, a decent amount, but nothing like last week. So that was good to see. And we took care of the football. 
I don't think we turned it over, did we? Zero turnovers. So, and uh, you know, we're we're amongst the nation's leaders in uh, turnover margin, which is always a good thing as well. Is this the kind of offense that you imagined when you brought Andy exactly. back? Exactly. And, and if so, what what about tonight? Maybe specifically stands out. Yeah, when we brought Andy back. Uh, this is exactly what we envisioned. Uh, we've got a, a, an offense that, that begins with a run game, which opens up everything else. The action pass off of the run game. Uh, Tyler, you know, moving him around with bootlegs on the, you know, changing his launch point and uh, running the QB occasionally, you know, not a ton, but occasionally. And, uh, you know, it's exactly, you know, what we had hoped to have happen, and, and it's happening. So we hope to keep it going. That's the key. Coach, you what, talked about Tyler's progression. What has impressed you the most about his progression to this point? Uh, I don't know if there's any one thing, but I can tell you right now he is the team leader. He's the leader of this football team. He's uh, he's doing things at practice you know, that you want to see your quarterback do. He's taking charge. He's he's making sure guys are you know lined up right and doing right things. And and uh, he's just he's just a field general. He's acting like a field general right now, which is what you want on your quarterback. Lady in the fur coat, you got a question? <laughs> you? No. No? Okay. Oh, I have glasses. Oh, okay. I'll grab those in a minute. <laughs> Say anything about Cubby's future? Yeah, uh, Cubby's future is bright, I can tell you that. Um, whether or not he resumes play this year is up in the air right now. Went through the first four weeks. As you all probably could tell, he wasn't himself. I mean, he's just not who he is. He's, he doesn't have that lightning quickness and speed that make him the weapon that that uh, he was prior. And so his, uh, he was not feeling real great this week at all and, and uh, just wasn't going to be ready to play physically. And we had a conversation. Uh, we're going to take this thing week by week. We'll see where he is in a few weeks. We'll see where we are. Uh, redshirting is not out of the question, but it's certainly not uh, a definitive uh, decision right now. You know, it's a, we got to do what's best for him and what's best for the team. And so, uh, you know, we'll see how his his health comes around and, and along and, and where we're at and where we're positioned in the next few weeks. And and at some point, there'll be a point of no return, probably another two or three games beyond now that will make it a, a final decision. Emmett Deliolisini was dressed tonight. Is there Yeah, he looks huge. There? Doesn't he look good in that uniform? He looks great, man. Yeah, That's gigantic. Crazy. Yeah, okay, BAM update. We, we got the, uh, the information back from uh, the NC2A. He's going to have one less year than we thought. He's going to have uh, one year, two years to play one, essentially, uh, but no mandatory sit-out. You know, there could have been a mandatory sit-out, so we're very pleased that the NC2A didn't instill that, which means, the bottom line, he can play four games this year, not have it count, and then full season next year. So he's going to be in the rotation right now. We're going to get him, you know, practicing with the Travelers. Uh, we got, what, seven games left, plus hopefully some more. And so we'll get him up to speed in the next few weeks, then pick our four games and pick our spots that we want to utilize him and then again he'll be a senior next year as well so so that worked out as probably as good as we could have hoped for i wish it wouldn't have taken as long but but it really is not a factor because the way it shook out we'll be able to maximize his uh abilities uh to the most for this year Hey, there you go, Kyle Whittingham at the podium. Fantastic stuff right there, finishing up with Bam Olicini and the possibilities for him. So he'll get to play four games, and then he'll have an entire year of eligibility after that. Not exactly what they'd hoped, but still better than possibly it could have been with the mandatory sit-out if the NCAA mm. didn't grant the immediate ability to play. So there's a, good, there's a couple of good thoughts there. 
Um, Frank, let's jump out, take one or two more callers, and see if we can get some good questions rolling. I think right. we kind of maxed out our thoughts. Is there anything out of Kyle Whittingham's statements that you wanted to get to specifically? <laughs> no, he was in a much better mood tonight. Oh, my gosh. However. Rightfully so. All right, let's try some phone callers here. Steve, you're up next with Frank Dolce. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, great game. Uh, it was a, it was a little, you know, a little bit of a trepidation because, just like Frank said, the Washington State is uh, always a dangerous team. But uh, I, again, kudos to um, the game plan, both defense and offense, and especially uh, Andy Ludwig because uh, there was, you know, still a little bit of questioning concerning the hire of Andy, but uh, if nothing else, today was like a perfect offensive game plan. He couldn't uh, draw it up any better than that. You know, there's like nine different uh, uh, carriers of the ball, and there was nine different targets for uh, for passes, and uh, like on the rushes, the eight of the nine uh, uh, players that uh, had, a, uh, had a carry got at least four yards or more. I mean, you couldn't draw it up better than that, and I guess you know, obviously they took advantage of the fact that uh, Washington State's defense is pretty porous, but you still have to uh, come up with a way of attacking it. And uh, the balance between, uh, you know, defense and offense and just wearing out that uh, Washington State defense in the second half, it was like uh, you couldn't draw it up any better. Yeah, it really was. It was just well executed and Oh, my gosh, such a far cry from watching USC burn four minutes on him to end that game last mm. week. That was rough. It was so bad, Frank. Super rough. Yeah, there were things that in that game that was like, oh, USC just dominated. Like, to burn four minutes out mm. on the, one of the nation's top-ranked defenses. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Just and and to come back that. this week, have a big interception, and, you know, the, the Julian Blackman stop that Kyle Whittingham was talking about and all these great moments – it really should help Utah fans feel more secure about this team moving forward. Jump back out to the phone lines, 855-340-9663. Dan, you're up next with the great Frank Dolce. Go ahead, Dan. How are you guys doing, man? Very good. Fantastic. Good. Hey, um, thanks for doing the show, first off. I uh, just wanted to say I've been feeling the weight of the USC-Utah game all week, and this was just such a good way to make up for it. Uh, I loved how good the secondary play. There was a play there where Blackman um, just appeared out of nowhere to that receiver in the end zone, knocked that ball away. It was like watching Superman appear out of nowhere. And I just loved that about him. He just seemed so much more focused this week than he did last week. He seemed in the zone. Uh, Francis Bernard looked awesome. And then my question to you guys is about Tyler Huntley. He just seems so in the zone tonight. My question is, do you guys... Is this where you expected him to be? Is this above where Great you expected question. him to be? Is he just hit a whole new level? That's my question for you guys. Thanks for doing that. Okay, so great question, Dan. Frank, I want you to answer that. I've got, I've got a thought. I want to see how close you are to me on this. Okay. This is where I would say this is where Tyler Huntley needs to be. I'm not sure that I expected him to be here. I think that's how I would answer the question. Like in terms of athleticism, he's he's kind of off the charts. He's really athletic, really gifted athletically, and certainly the escapability, the ability to run the ball, the ability to use his legs to keep a defense off balance. I never f- have felt like he was 
a significant threat in the passing game other than to keep a defense off balance with a strong running game behind him, mm-hmm. like with a Zach Moss behind him. And then Huntley throws... With some formed routes that he's yeah. very comfortable with. Yeah, like he throws for 75% completions, and he throws for maybe seven or eight yards per completion, no interception. I mean, that's where I thought that's where he's really good. Strong running game, efficiency in the passing game, uses legs to keep a defense off balance. But then... Tonight, he took that extra step of the massive productivity in the passing game, keeping his eyes downfield, connecting with the long one. He got some help from his receivers as well, no question about it, but connecting with the ball downfield, averaging over, well over 10 yards per completion. He got some help, but then he also got some hurt when they dropped uh, two or three balls that hit him square. One should have been a touchdown, right? Yeah, one should have. So. People, you know, obviously Utah fans want Tyler Huntley to receive the praise. And when he does well, he receives praise. And I've actually praised him through every one of the games that he's played. With the exception of USC, things got a little bit fuzzy. You know, there there were some moments in that game. But he still did his thing. And I look at Idaho State or Northern Illinois or even BYU's defense to a large part and think, all right, well, He's got Zach Moss. He's got an offensive line. They've got churning. You know, it's it's not really the Tyler Huntley show. He's just managing it mm-hmm. with high percentages. Mm-hmm. You lose Zach Moss. You lose to USC. You lose the allure, and, and people start questioning you, and now you don't have a running back like Moss to lean on, and now it's like, okay, well, who are you? Now who are you? And tonight he came out with a grand statement of, no, I can carry it when I need to. Now, can he do this against Washington and Cal? And these are all questions that we have to watch it play out. Mm -hmm. But it was so nice to watch it against Washington State. He made them look foolish at times. Horribly foolish, out of position, incapable of tackling. And he showed a, a massive amount of heart. As much as heart as I've seen from a quarterback. You know, I know Travis... Wilson had a ton of heart, but this was heart on heart. When he was that fourth and one situation where mm-hmm. he found a way to scoot it out to Brumfield. Brumfield, yeah. It was just a beautiful effort. So, Dan, I would say that he's exceeded my expectations through the first four weeks, and this game against Washington State was a game to the level where I wasn't sure he had that in him. I don't think you're alone in that. And and maybe in, in the South, he's going to face another defense that, you know, isn't isn't great in UCLA. But but then he's going to have to he's going to have to play that game the the way, the way he played tonight. He's going to have to play that way against Arizona State. Arizona State came up with a big win against Cal this week. He's going to have to play that way against Colorado. Colorado had a big win. Uh, he's going to have to play that way against Washington. He's going to have to play that way against Cal. So there are several games on the schedule left where Tyler Huntley's efficiency, proficiency, productivity, 
all needs to match what he did tonight. And now that we know that he has that capability, it'll be really interesting to see if he can if he can achieve that level in each of these remaining games because that's going to be it's going to be critically important for him to maintain that kind of productivity. Plenty of accolades to to go to Tyler Huntley. Absolutely. And, and I would also say accolades go to your coordinators tonight. Morgan Scally specifically, but Ludwig was able to orchestrate some time-killing drives. One that went from Utah's what five? That one what was it? End of the third quarter, or no, maybe middle of the fourth quarter. There was a drive that started well back in Utah territory and ended up in a in a touchdown. Yeah, and it was methodical, probably twelve, fourteen plays long. Mm-hmm. And those. Those moments are very spectacular when you can maintain, drive, pick and pop, run, good blocking, dump to tight ends, screen, run, quick slant, run, and then you know you're in the red zone and you're getting some opportunities. It was it was awesome. Brian, where was that drive? End of the second quarter, I think, is the one you're talking about. Ten plays, 75 yards. Yeah, so just spectacular. There there were so many moments there tonight that I thought, man, that really looks good on Ludwig. Really does. Uh, Brian, any more callers? We do have one more caller. Mark is up next. All right, Mark, you're up next with Frank Dolce. Go ahead, Mark. Doctor. Dr. Frank, Dr. and Frank. I have a new nickname for Hans. Uh-oh. It's Professor Hans. Because oh. Oh. I learn a lot by watching his film review every week. Yes. And and Hans, you're hands down the best. Uh, thanks, Frank. And so is Dr. Frank. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you. There's nothing like a Hans <laughs> film study. Yeah, but I'll never be a Dr. Frank. I'll only be a Professor <laughs> Hans. <laughs> professor Pants. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. So what'd you think tonight? Oh, what? We can we can call you Doctor Professor Hans. Hey. You know? <laughs> Dr. All right, man. But anyway, uh, it was a good comeback. You know, good great. You know, win for us. I mean, I knew Washington. I, I've watched these games. I've Washington State's not that great of a defense. I mean, I watched it last week UCLA game. Um, to your point, Frank. You know, watching Tyler. He can do it against Arizona. I mean, Arizona has some fast guys on their defensive line, but they can. He can do it against Arizona, Arizona State, Cal. I mean, come on. I'm sorry. This is my opinion. Cal is not that great of a defense. I watched the game on Thursday or Friday night. Cal's not that good as defense. The thing you know, that watching them. The, the, the thing that they'll do, Mark, is they'll they'll design pressures that that can really be a handful to deal with. And Wilcox does a oh, really I, good I job of, of scheming and delivering pressures. As far as the personnel, I agree, but you'll see talent, but uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna see over talent. I agree, but Tyler could do it. He could do it. Anybody and Washington, he can do it. I I see he can do it. Anybody in this conference. I mean, this yeah, we all know this conference is wide open. And no, and you know, I'm gonna be biased here because I'm a Pac-12 Utah fan. But the Pac-12 is the best conference in America bar none from one to you know to the bottom you know teams 
we can be we're the most evenly matched conference in this country. You know, I you know I'm biased. Yeah, I'm going to be biased about it, but we are. But I have a question for both of you. Um, I would love to see the penalties go down more. I mean, they had a lot again tonight. You know, not as bad as last week, but uh, um, yeah, I just kind of want to know what you take on the penalties and stuff. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Mark, thanks for the call, bud. Frank, your thoughts on the penalties? I I think the penalties number needs to go down, and and the reason I think that is because several of those penalties were just lack of discipline penalties. You know, sometimes you, you're running downfield and you make you make a tackle and. It's a, football's a fast and it's a violent game and your hand gets caught in the face mask and that you, it's, it's really hard to avoid that penalty. And, you know, there sometimes you get in a, in a situation where you're trying to make a tackle and it's, it's right near the sidelines and you, you, you're being aggressive and you make a, it's a penalty. I mean, there's, there's, there's times when you, you just can't, it's really difficult to avoid penalties. But there are times when you're standing on top of the pile and the whistle's blowing and then you decide to throw a punch or you decide to roll over somebody as as the the play is clearly over. I mean, there just seems like there's these lack of discipline penalties. And so those are the those are the things that need to go away. In this game, nine penalties that cuts it down, you know, seven from last week, 16 penalties last week. And and maybe you you could probably say there were three or four in there that probably were unnecessary tonight. So if Utah ends up with five or six penalties on it, I don't think that's I don't think that's unreasonable. I, I know what you're talking about, and and Mark, what I would say is to to Frank's point, there are things that you absolutely can clean up. Brian, am I misremembering thinking Darren Paulo had an offside? He did, and then uh, there was one drive in the third quarter where they got consecutive 15-yard penalties. They still ended up driving down the field, mm-hmm. but that was 30 yards worth of penalties that they had to overcome on that one. So it's it's things like that that absolutely can and must be cleaned up. Darren Paulo, your senior leader, your captain, can't do it Mm-mm. you know if you run a guy in you know I'm trying to think of you know, even Seaman Mawala who's getting the start and is doing everything he can as a young guy to hold that edge in, in the Pac-12 even a jump from him it's like okay he's young but you got to clean that up so mm-hmm. let alone Darren Paulo those are the things that you can clean up and should be cleaned up uh, Frank I want you to put a wrap on this give us some of your final thoughts on this big Utah win over Washington State, 38-13. to 13. Well, speaking of penalties, I, before I let that go, I was happy to see that Coach Whittingham was able to clean up his infraction a week ago, and he didn't get a penalty like he did against USC. So, see that? It starts right on top. The coach learned his lesson. Yeah. No penalties on the side. Yeah. By the way, was that a bogus penalty? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was nuts that they call that. Anyway, this was the w- this was the bounce back, the comeback game 
that Utah needed to get back on track. This is a very talented football team, a lot of hype and a lot of expectation about this football team and and talent across all over the field. And the way they got beaten a week ago against USC just left a bad taste in your mouth about mm-hmm. what this team should and could be. And I think of all the questions that came out of that game, everything was answered tonight, and especially at the quarterback position. That's one group that each week I've I've kept saying the numbers look good, like 70-plus percent completions, no interceptions, but where's the productivity? Where is the where are the where's the yardage to go along with that? Well, that all of a sudden turned around tonight. That effort, this team, the strategy, the game plan, the execution, this is a team that's going to be a very, very tough out the rest of the year if they can continue to play at that level. I'm not saying this team is unbeatable. I don't think that. But if they stay, if they have the same focus, the same preparation, the same intensity they played with tonight, this team is going to be very, very difficult to beat. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them in that championship game at the end of the year. Well, now they take a week off for bye week. They get ready for Oregon State, then Arizona State, and then they're right into the meet with Washington and Cal, two tough teams, and it's going to be a great battle. they got a lot of work in front of them. It's going to be a fun season. Like This just kind of reignited the excitement and energy in me to get back out there to practice and watch the film and to do film breakdowns and to, to evaluate this for Utah fans and help them understand what was different in this game as compared to USC. I'm just kind of reinvigorated, and, and I, I'm sure Utah fans feel the same way because Utah fans, they watched that USC team get beat by BYU. Then they made fun of it, and then USC comes in and beats Utah, and that was a letdown. That was a letdown weekend. This coming off four consecutive losses to Washington State. This was a huge pick-me-up, man. It was like sitting around a bowl of kava with the guys, even though kava's not a pick-me-up. It's more of a, a depressant, isn't it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly. I love how you act like you've I'm not exactly sure what kava, kava, kava is. I'm going to ask a lemma. <laughs> That sounds like something that a lemma might know about, and so I'm going to ask him the next time I hey, see him. Hey, when you're in the islands, <laughs> you never leave without college. Hawaii! 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 Well, we love a lemma. Hey, remember, <laughs> we're going to kick things off at 6 a.m. A lot of Utah talk all throughout the week, getting you ready through that bye week, seeing how this team is preparing. So much to get to. You can find this entire postgame on podcast form by searching Zone Sports Network and you can search Utah Zone Sports Network, and you can find the entire postgame, Frank Dolce's, my comments, Brian's comments, and everything in between, phone callers. There were some good ones tonight. There were some letdowns, but there were some good ones. So dial it up, listen to the postgame, have a lot of fun with it, and then remember, Scott, Gerard, Lloyd Cole, myself, we will give you the morning after podcast at 9 o'clock in the morning tomorrow where we break down all three games that happened throughout today. So much to get to. Zone Sports Network on any podcast provider 
or just stay tuned. Six o'clock Monday morning. We'll be back here. Thanks for listening to the Utah Post Game Show on 97.5, 12 into the zone in the Zone Sports Network.